following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Three out of four will do for, for now. And Derek is doing manager things. 75% is great. Depends on what it is. Quarterbacking, uh, batting, school, in my opinion. Surgeries for doctors. Not great. Good. Surgery, you need a little higher. Kicking, kicking, not so much. Not so good. is pretty bad. It's all relative. Yeah. Derek will be here a little bit later. Uh, maybe tomorrow he'll be out the whole show, so we're just going to have to make do. Lap. We'll be fine. Season starts and, you know, business things happen. All right. Cowboys 1-0 and going to take on. Now we know they're going to take on the 1-0 and Broncos after they played last night. I thought it, you were going to say, like, now we know who they're going to play, like it's the NCAA tournament or something. Oh. Like, no, we we knew. We knew, but we we didn't really know exactly what what to expect. You know, first game of the season, didn't really know. Before we get into that, let's let's – See how everyone's doing. Are we just standing the whole time? Is that just all rise? Is that is this the Derek approach? Is that a problem? No, I just make Does sure. Does it bother you? Aaron just... Judge, all rise. Okay. Well, I mean, Derek... I, I'm good here. That's fine. Are you good over there? We're good. We're okay. good. Great. How's how's your Tuesday going? Great. No Wonderful be... to be alive. No issue. Wonderful to be hey. here. <laughs> good perspective right there, AG. Wow. All right. AG. Hadn't, hadn't heard that one since Aaron Glenn played here. I don't don't remember him. No, pretty good cornerback, kind of short, but somebody you would like. Okay, feisty player. All right, um, let's get into the Broncos a little bit before we uh, go any further. I mean, they they won the game last night. Just kind of know what to expect from them. Trevor Simeon, look, not bad. Look pretty good. Not bad at all. Who are you? Well, you know what, Kent? He is actually better than I thought he was. That's, that's what I would have said going right. into that game. And then he was throwing dimes. I mean, yeah. he juked Joey Bosa on the goal line. He was he dropped one in down the seam there toward the end of the game. That was really nice. And they had a running game that that looked also impressive as well. So Jamal Charles looks like he's got something in the tank. Uh, C.J. Anderson had a good night. thing that stood out to me the most, which, shocker, I know, but... Toward the tail end of that game, when Philip Rivers was trying to bring them back, he he was throwing the ball about a half second after he got it because he knew Von Miller was going to be yep. in his lap. Like there was a, I think it was the third down right before they kicked the field goal. He took it, looked, and threw it. Like I don't think he waited for a single receiver to even break because Von Miller was already there. And that uh, that's kind of scary when you think that Lyle Collins will be making his second start exactly. at tackle. You know, Philip Rivers to me is the guy where. And it happens all the time in in sports. The young guy is kind of brash. He's he's looks like a punk sort of. You don't like him because he's just that feisty player, and you're like, God, I don't want this guy. Then as the years go on, and and he keeps playing well, and then you're like, you kind of start to respect him even more. And it's like, you know what? He's a pretty good. You know, Brett Favre was like that with me. You didn't like him at first, but as he just kept playing into his 15th, 16th, 17th year. Eli has not gotten there like that for me, but but you know what I'm saying? Those yeah, guys well, it's in all sports, you just kind of start respecting them a little bit more. Like, he's not so bad. He's actually pretty good. He's still 
feisty though. Like oh yeah, he's such a he acts like such yeah. a punk even at the like what however old Rivers? he is he's like thirty six. Yeah, he acts. Like yeah, a that's punk. what I'm talking about. When he, but, he like that weird hot potato play where he just throws it and then yeah. shoves a the guy. Like what are you doing? He kind of. Sorry. He's, he's like he's kind of dead's like though in the sense that that's just how he is like i don't think he could turn that like no he's, he's not going to mature out of that you know competitive and i don't i wouldn't want him to that's no that that's him that's how he plays the game but yeah they they tried um it's like all of a sudden that they were like you know what this is a division game let's not get blown out here and the next thing you know the chargers are in the game and they're missing field goals and their chance to win and but um it was a it, it was an entertaining game if you stayed up for it. The maybe one of two entertaining game in terms of like whether or not the outcome was in doubt. That was like one of two, maybe three games that kind of came down to the wire this whole weekend. Like I thought, in terms of the excitement factor, this was a really disappointing way to start the season. Yeah. But yeah, it was not a- that it matters right now. The Cowboys don't face either team. It does kind of matter for you. You're you've been a lifelong Saints fan. Oh, well. Man, I felt like uh, I felt like the world's worst son yesterday because my dad and my brother are here and they're from New Orleans. Right? They passionately love the Saints. My dad wore a Saints polo to tour the Star here yesterday. I was like, "Good for I, you." I didn't get to see him. I didn't get. Oh, to, I, I've met him before. I didn't get to meet Doc. Rep your. I was like, "Rep your team, sure." But he had like this big Florida Lee on his chest, and I'm like, "Yes, this is my office where I work for the Cowboys." <laughs> Thank you for wearing that. Um, they looked bad. The Saints looked yeah. really bad. Um, and my dad and my brother were really devastated about it. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't have time to care about this right now. Like I'm kind of, I, I work 80 hours a week covering the Cowboys. So I don't have a lot of time to really dedicate to the saints, but they did not look good. Well, let's, let's go back to the Broncos for a second because they're starting right guard, Ron Leary. Yes. Watched him play a little bit. And it just kind of brings up the question now, since you, you're watching a player that, that had a role here. Cowboys are still trying to figure out what they're doing there. I mean, it looks like it's going to be Chaz Green until anything happens. If he gets hurt or whatever, he's got mm-hmm. to stay healthy. So hindsight, do we think maybe that, you know, that was a, still a good call? Could they not have afforded him? Knowing what we know now at, at the guard position, how it took all the way up until like kickoff to, to decide what they were going to do, would you have done anything different there? I just don't think you can do anything differently. Like that's, I mean, you're already, when you look at the resources allocated on the rest of the offensive line and the fact that they couldn't get a deal done with Zach Martin this off season, because it's going to be so big, not that they, I mean, I still have all the confidence in the world that they will, but it's going to be such a big deal that they need a little more time to work on it. I don't know how you can afford to pay Ron Leary. What did he get? Like 36 million or something like that? Yeah. Which isn't, huge by any stretch but it is pretty big when you're paying your center 56 and your guard 65 and your tackle 100 and then your other tackle he got he got a two-year deal i mean they didn't and and lyle's lyle's making like seven million a year and uh and then you know steven jones and those guys they got to think about it beyond more than just 2017 you're gonna i mean assuming he keeps playing the way you think he will you're gonna owe dak a lot of money in a couple of years you probably want to get that done before he goes into his contract year so really when the 2018 season is over you probably want to extend him you might have to deal with zeke depending on how that goes where where did y'all stand on this like because i i was like the number one fan for keeping ron leary back in the free agency like that was my guy that i was like i don't think you can lose him I I mean, I agree with what the Cowboys did just because of the money, money-wise. And then after seeing uh, 
last weekend's game, I think they're they're gonna be just fine. Yeah. The only problem comes now if Chaz Green does get hurt, Injury. if he gets hurt again and it's out now, I think they'll be okay with Jonathan Cooper. They're not gonna be great, neither, you know, of those two players, but I think from what we saw Sunday's game, they're gonna be just fine. I think you're right about that. I mean like that well, I, I thought, well, man, you got to keep, got to keep Leary, keep this thing going, because I thought Leary was a big difference from what they had with with Lyle Collins. But you know, they're not going to face an, uh, a defensive line too much tougher than what they already did. Certainly not every week. No, and then to go there and kind of, it was tough. It was tough sledding at times, but you know, they they still ran the ball when they needed to, got some first downs when they needed to, and so you know what, he's going to be like we said, playing between Frederick and Tyron Smith. I mean, yeah, I think the, I think they'll be fine. So and your, what your four or six million dollar running back helps with that too. I mean, we yeah. were talking about that yesterday that he was turning zero and negative gains into two and three yards. So he's got so much lower body strength yeah. that he can just just keeps those legs grinding and push. And that's something you know McFadden from two years ago, Joseph Randall, those guys they just they they didn't have. They don't have that. They, I'm I'm not in a big. I'm not super anxious to talk about Zeke in the nude, but it's a great it's a great intro, isn't it? Not really. Look, Zeke, where are you going with this? Zeke was on the cover of the body issue right. of ESPN over the summer, and he's doing like the Heisman pose, mm-hmm. and his leg is like the size of my torso. It's um, like his lower body is just stout. Well, yeah, he can generate some power with that thing. Yeah, I mean, because he's one of the fastest players on the team, and you look at him and you're like, really? Like for fast, I'm talking about because he's got an ass. Speed wise, <laughs> that's me. That's a good drop. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but um, can't have that I, so I feel ready. Like Kent's been waiting on that one. Can't had that so ready. Uh, I'm really dying to know who. You know what? Let's just let's. Move oh, on. oh, all right. I was trying to think what 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 person was I even referring to there. Maybe it was maybe Ron Leary. Should we hear it again? Yeah, do it again. Because he's got an ass. <laughs> I mean, it's obvious. You're saying it's obvious he has one. Yeah. I so would, I would guess Ron Leary. <laughs> Honestly, we saw it every week when he was. We here. did. We did. We did crack into that every week. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I you know the jury's still out on that. I mean, it'll be interesting to see him. And I don't. I put him in for the conference call. We got We got an email. Oh, that's a good. We, we got an email about which player to talk to, and I said Ron Leary. That's a good idea. Who'd you pick, Von uh, Miller? I haven't sent in my email yet, but I'll probably say Von Miller. Von Miller. I mean, that'd be interesting to talk to him. Von Miller is way more likely to be a good quote. I don't know though. Ron Leary. Ron Leary wasn't bad. He really wasn't. He he would talk. He didn't like. He didn't like to because you know those offensive linemen. Yeah. They're like, oh, we're not supposed to talk. You know. But no, he was he was a good dude when he did talk. Yeah, he, a lot of times he didn't have a whole lot to say, but it, it's good for him. Like he's one of those guys. Like you you root for. You're glad he got his money because I remember when he was say drafted he wasn't drafted but i remember those that first press conference when after the draft and what what, what year are we talking 2012 12, yeah. 12 and and then you know jerry comes out and it's like the last day and everyone's all excited about who they took then and he basically was like we're really excited about this guy that we just signed from memphis his offensive tackle we feel like he's our eighth round pick he we're so excited about him his knee checked out okay and we, you know and he was like okay they got they got kind of a big tubby offensive tackle named Ron Leary, who's got a knee injury, and we think he's going to be really good. So, 
Yeah, and I mean, you know, it's good. I'm just saying it's good for him that he's, well, he's done well. He, he fought through a bunch of stuff. When you're a player like that, when you're undrafted or, you know, if the team comes upon you as not a high round draft pick, you're kind of behind the eight ball in terms of your earning potential because you're on a, you know, you're going to be on a restricted contract. They can keep you under club control for an extra year after that. So, like, you got to play, you got to be good and healthy for like four years before you can even get like a respectable contract, let alone a good payday. Ron did all of that, got benched, kind of, you know, yep. the politics of the whole thing. When you bring in a highly touted guy like Lyle Collins, he dealt with that. He sat out for a little while. He came back. He was ready for his opportunity. I was, yeah, I was super happy to see him get paid. Well, it's good. We'll be able to see him when we go to Denver. First trip for the Cowboys to Denver regular season while since, uh, since 2009. You guys ever been there for to cover the Cowboys? Not for a game, no. no. So excited about that at all? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's one of the coolest. It's like one of the last great home field advantages in, in the NFL, really I is. feel like. I mean, with the they yell incomplete after every incompletion and it's orange everywhere. I assume it's going to be loud. I was watching the first drive of the game, Denver. They didn't look too great. And I was just, I'm watching it from the perspective of this is where we're going to be next week and thinking, I think the Cowboys, you know, I, like they, they'll be pretty good, but they're not going to scare you. This is the first drive. Then they punt, and then the Chargers get the ball, and then like Rivers can't hear, and the, the right guard goes, you know, false starts, and you know, and they're making all these hand signals, and I'm like, you know what, maybe this is going to be a little bit, it's going to be a challenge for sure, just from that standpoint. Well, the thing that I kept watching was uh, Melvin Gordon had a great first half. Like I think he went into halftime with like 11 carries and yeah. 50 yards or something. I was like, oh, Zeke's gonna, yeah, yeah Zeke, this is perfect. Zeke's gonna eat these guys and then he didn't do a whole lot after halftime like every I was like all right here's where you get Gordon going here's where like you know this if you're Zeke this is what you're watching right here and they just they ate him alive it's like every time he touched the ball after halftime now they did rank I think 27th or 28th last year right they weren't good you know over the course of last season statistically but they got it together against Gordon I don't know the guy's name but I just saw him that he was a defensive tackle for the for the Broncos that was on the practice squad until the, yesterday. They signed him yesterday. Gotsis, I think maybe. I don't know, but he's about three fifty. Yeah. And, oh, oh, yeah. And I'm like, how did this guy first of all get cut and and put on the practice squad and like he looks like a player like if three hundred and fifty pounds is just right in the middle. Like I I wouldn't. I'm kind of surprised that he he was like, eh, maybe he's okay. Maybe we'll put him on the practice squad. Now we'll sign him. He just seems like a guy that you're like, yeah, we'll, we'll take him. We'll figure out what to do with him. These, I don't know his name, though. These two defenses, New York to start and Denver on the road, number two. Like, if you can get through this, yeah. I mean, how many defenses are there left that can really hang with you if you can handle those two? So, be a really good test. All right, just a couple of minutes before we go to break. It's probably all we need to talk if there's any news about Ezekiel Elliott, uh, just from from the the news standpoint of where we stand, we're still looking at him playing this week. It's going to be hard for the NFL to get anything done. Yeah, I mean the NFL filed an appeal in a different court, and I believe it's expedited, like we talked about yesterday. So there's going to be a hearing about it on Friday, but that nothing will be decided. Like, and as far as I understand it, this again, this is the U.S. legal system, so it's slow. So I think there's a hearing Friday, and then nothing might come of that until January, February, as far as I understand it. So, again, 
no, you can't put a definitive timetable on how long Zeke is going to be available, but this doesn't look like something that's going to hinder him in the in the near future. And Jerry Jones actually said on the radio this morning that he expects him to play against the Broncos. So, and that that right there is what uh, the fans that are listening they're like, oh, here we go again. That's exactly what they want yeah, to hear. That's it. I, I, I feel like Amber, you you even get tired head of this. Like, okay, just is he going to play? I, I mean, I don't even comment anymore it's, on the it's whole topic. It's hard it's just, to. I mean. It's a lot, and it's 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 not fun, you know? And, I mean, I know it's a serious issue, not just the domestic violence allegations, but the whole conversation about how the NFL handles discipline and, you know, whether they do it the right way, which clearly it doesn't seem like they do. Those are all serious conversations that need to be had. But, like, I honestly, I feel like, you know, people want to make a big deal like it's the, the Colin Kaepernick protest that drives people away from the NFL. And maybe some some people, sure. But, like, this stuff weighs on fans after a while. Like, yeah. it just sucks the fun out of football where every year you are you got to get a law degree to figure out if your favorite player can play or not. Like, it's, it's such you know, a bummer. And it's – there's something kind of uncomfortable about the whole thing when you're like, you know, people are, are rooting against – the NFL because they want their player to play for their team. You yeah. know, when you look at those pictures from Sherman and how there's a four-year-old little girl with a sign that says free Zeke or right. not guilty. Well, first of all, they don't know. Yeah. And you know, like you don't know what, what you're even cheering for. I mean, I have, I have a 10 year old daughter and she's kind of like, you know, she doesn't know she should root for Zeke or not. Is he good guy? Is he bad guy? And I'm yeah. like, Oh, I don't know. I mean, no comment. Here's Dak. You know, I mean, like, I, I mean, look at number four. Right. I, it's just because you want your guy to play football because yeah. you want your team to win, and he obviously helps you win. But it's, it's, you find yourself in a corner where you're just like, you know, this is wrong, and he, he didn't do it. And we really don't know. It's just like, it's just like, come up with something. Do give us something that we can figure this out because. It's like I don't know if he's a if he's deserving to sit out or not. Just tell us what what is going to happen here. There's room for nuance, and that when you're dealing with issues, you know, people feel passionately about their favorite teams. It's I mean, it's it's really deep ingrained in most people, especially the pe- type you know people that listen to our podcast and right. stuff like that. Uh, it's hard to it's hard to sort all that out, but it. It, it requires it requires some thought and like I said and it becomes such a drain when it's dragging out over the course of 14 months or even you know the six weeks since all this really kicked into high gear so it's it's a mess and it's not fun to talk about or think about but we do think Zeke will be on the field again on Sunday. right and one thing you know what let's go to break real quick we'll, we're still going to talk about Zeke because he did speak to the media for the first time Sunday night. And we talked a lot about the game. We really didn't talk about that. Yeah. Him standing in front of reporters, microphones, how that went. We'll talk a little bit about that when we come back from break. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Hey, Cowboys fans. Did you know that over the next few years, more than a million service members will transition from military to civilian life? Veterans face unique challenges when they get out of the military. 
and Bank of America and the Dallas Cowboys are teaming up to help with financial education, career opportunities, and support of military nonprofits and organizations locally in North Texas and across the country. We're proud to support our troops and are deeply grateful for the dedication and sacrifice of our service members and veterans. Bank of America, official bank of the Dallas Cowboys, invites you to join us in our efforts to get involved by tagging game day photos on social media using hashtag TroopThanks, that's hashtag TroopThanks, and by learning more about our commitment to veterans at bankofamerica.com slash military support. Together, we can thank our troops in ways that make a real difference. Copyright 2016, Bank of America Corporation. It's bowling night with friends and you're hanging out together. You picked up a spare, but you're craving something better. A thirst rose deep inside, you don't know what to do. You crave a nice cold Dr. Pepper and a hero to save you. Crave Rider. You have the wave of Dr. Pepper when you're craving Dr. Crave a Dr. Pepper. Nothing else will do. Pick up an ice cold 20 ounce bottle today. Dr. Pepper. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to the break all right we're back here amber dave nick no derek sounds kind of weird um let's talk, we're talking about zeke in this last segment and, and just basically how he has handled this whole situation because we have not been able to really talk to him at all and so it was funny when, when you ask jason garrett questions like in the press conference, well, how's he handling this? He's like, well, you'll have to ask him. And it's like, well, okay. We, we can't. What time's the press conference? You know, he hasn't been made available uh, to the the media here until Sunday night's game. And after the game, he was able to talk to to the media. We got some clips for that. But, but Dave, real quick, before we get into that, you were standing right in there. How did you think he handled that situation? It, it's probably a lot better after you have a game and, and have a, a performance like that. Yeah, I thought he he handled it. He handled it really well, especially considering. I mean, it was a massive crush of people. I mean, that had to be like sixty reporters, all things considered, print, camera, everything in between. And um, you know, I I imagine you know with an issue like this, you imagine like the questioning is going to be aggressive. People are going to be like shouting each other down to get their question in. You know how that type of thing goes. And he just handled it really well. He was really calm. Um, he was much more willing to discuss the off-field stuff than I thought he would be to start. And then, interestingly, he kind of shifted over. Like, halfway through, he was like, I, I don't want to talk about that anymore. I just want to talk about football. Where at, but he started as, you know, he kind of – he had some interesting quotes. You know, he said, you know, it's been tough to have your reputation dragged through the mud and things like that. But uh, he came across as, like, just really calm and handled it a lot more smoothly than maybe I thought he would. Let's listen to one of them. Uh, it talks about him being uh, relieved that this whole thing was over. I just relieved, just relieved for the, the fact that, you know, I'll finally get a, a fair trial. I'll finally get a chance to, to prove my innocence. And uh, I'm just, just happy that I'm able to 
be with these guys for as long as it's permitted and, you know, just not having a miss time and not being being away from them. You know, I, I think that was one thing that they were really, the Cowboys were really concerned about. When you're talking about a guy that is suspended and, and look at all of the things that has happened you know, and when it happened, a lot, a lot of times it's the off season. So if he gets suspended for six games, now the off season kind of comes back again. And that idle time is not really a good thing for Zeke and the Cowboys. So it's one of those things, Amber, that it's better, obviously, for the Cowboys that he's playing. It's also better that he's here and in a structure and around his team. Yeah, I mean, surprisingly, it surprised me the way he answered everything. One, he played pretty well considering everything that was going on around his life right now. And two, just the way he answered, we all know him. We know how he acts, and he's not necessarily the most spoken guy out there. And for him to answer that and to say that specific quote, I think it said a lot about him and everything that's going on right now. And uh, we have another clip, Ken, if we, we can play it, um, about him, just his focus, you know, and how and why he, he was able to stay focused and, and have this support. Can, can we play that next clip? Um, it just feels good to be out here with these boys. Um, you know, it's definitely been a tough last 14 months. And, you know, at times it's gotten so hard and, you know, you start to lose faith. But, you know, just being able to come in and be with these boys every day has, has kept me focused and, you know, made me, you know, uh, not give up and, and uh, keep going. That one really made me feel for him. 14 months. Well, that's, and <laughs> the, the, I guess, and that really stood out to me. That was his first quote. That was the first thing he said, first answer of the night. And he kind of brought it up himself. He was like, it's been a tough 14 months. You know, I've lost a little bit of faith. Well, you know, you heard the quote yourself. Mm-hmm. And I just, the fact that he was willing to kind of delve into it without needing to be probed, I thought yeah. was really interesting. He kind of showed a willingness to look at it a little bit more than I thought he would. And and to your point, I mean, we, we know his demeanor. We know what he's like. I My guess was that he would have gotten frustrated by all of that. You just with 85 people trying to talk to him about this sordid experience happening to him that he probably really doesn't want to get into. I, I I thought he would have handled it yeah. poorly, especially considering he hasn't had to talk about it in the last eight weeks. I can't remember who it was around here. It wasn't on our show, but it, I, where they've kind of said that in the last training, in the last few weeks, training camp, that he looks about the same and all that. Which I I can't remember who it was, but I think he looks completely different as far as his demeanor. Uh, you know, he doesn't seem like he's having as much fun as he's had. I'm not saying that he's going around pouting. It's just that. You can tell this thing has kind of either humbled him or he's... Well, when something like that is happening, obviously... It you has can't, to. You can't, you can't act like that like you used to. Just Even in the jumping game. Jumping around in front of everyone. You know, there wasn't a whole lot. I mean, he, he was trying. Yeah. He just looked tired. Yeah. I mean, even that 30-yard run at the end. I mean, he's he's just tired. And, and I think that mentally it's, it's kind of just been weighing on him. And I think physically you, you wonder... Because it's week one. I mean, you're supposed to have a little juice here, and you wonder if maybe he can kind of get it cranking a little bit. But, of course, again, if that's tired, 140 you know, tired. I was going to know, 140 total yards against the defense that good. If that's tired, I'll take it. Right. Although, you know, it's interesting, though, because I would agree. I mean, I was going to say I feel mentally drained by the whole thing, and I, it doesn't really affect my life at all, so I can only imagine how he feels. But having said that, another good quote that he had from that whole thing was that uh, – 
he said, you know, he's like, whatever it is, I got to block it out and continue to be myself because I, I'm a high energy guy and I think I'm good for this locker room and I need to be that for the guys in here. And I think anybody that was around this team knows that he did have a real impact on this team last year. His attitude, his demeanor, the way he approached things. I think it, it rubbed off on Jason Witten, who's the most business-like professional guy in the locker room so if it rubbed off on him you know everybody else was feeling right. into it too and a lot of people you know they say oh see he doesn't care he you know he is who he is he, he doesn't give a crap about everything that's going on whatever whatever but just listening to that last quote it sounded pretty humbling and it sounded pretty honest so it definitely at least for me it started kind of changing my whole perspective of things and seeing it a different way than what it has been just because we haven't first of all we have not heard him speak on the whole subject and this was the first time so now you're starting to get his side a little bit and kind of form a different opinion of everything that's going on yeah and and it is good to kind of have him have that attitude because you know he's been a free spirit he's been a guy that's that's kind of does it you know his own thing and and you know he goes to the beat of his own drum and if he gets Six games wiped off the, the, the docket here. You kind of wonder, like, okay, you know, he already kind of seems like he feels invincible. Yeah. What's this going to do? But I guess it's kind of refreshing to know that this has affected him, and and maybe maybe that's kind of what he needs. Um, you know, not to compare players, but, you know, Dez had a lot of maturity issues. And you could say that he still does uh, to some degree, but, but he's – you know, you can see a different guy than when he walked in this locker room, and he kind of hoped the same thing will happen with him. But, you know, after the touchdown, did you see after Witten's touchdown, him and Zeke had some kind of handshake or see that, something? Yeah. Something that would have been a penalty, actually, last, last year. year. Yeah. I mean, and, and I always think orchestrated celebrations are, are kind of interesting to me because it looks cool. It makes it fun. It, it no, makes it, no yeah. it looks cool. But what I always think about is the Saturday night before. Right. You know, did you push your, your bed to the side of the hotel room Practice and everything. you're working on your thing? I mean, how many celebrations have never have we never seen? You know, A lot. Some third receiver that's like, I'm going to do this. And you're like, you Bryce, Butler, Bryce Butler has choreographed so many touchdowns that he's never had a chance right. to celebrate. There's but no but, but where does the Witten-Zeke thing, like, hey, I'm going to do this, and then you do this, and then I'm going to, you know, I mean, wh where does that happen? Those I, two. It might be a little more organic than you think because, I mean, they go, how many reps do they do per practice? 50? Yeah. So that's almost 75 reps a week and you know maybe Witten scores on that play on Thursday afternoon and Zeke kind of runs up to him and they're like all right we'll, we'll work on that later I don't know it reminds I, me I, of I when I would be doing the sideline just watching from them there and just seeing them on the bench I mean a lot of them have their own little secret yeah. handshake not secret because they're showing it to everyone but yeah their own little handshake and yeah. what's funny is when you come when you see some of these guys coming off the field just completely out of breath and they just want to like sit down or like take a drink uh, some water or whatever there's still someone that comes over trying to do the handshake and the guy is like all right die yeah right, like cool. here dot, whatever dot, yeah, dot, uh, dot. Uh, yeah. i was gonna ask do y'all have something like that obviously need? we're not gonna show it here yeah we'll save it for game day yeah right. i like it maybe a friday yeah friday when we do the predictions nick uh, i was gonna say we have a cut of him talking about witten after the game and his relationship with witten if bring you bring it you're yeah. straight from zeke Special man, um, Wiss has been a big mentor to me. He, he's, you know, heard me at my lowest points. He's, 
he's been able to talk to when I'm at my highest points. And, you know, he's just been nothing but, uh, I can't think of the word, he's been nothing but inspiration to me and uh, just a, a reason to go out there and play better. So I'm glad to see him uh, reach that milestone, and it's, he's very worthy of it. Wow. You know, what's interesting about that relationship, other than the fact that they're about as opposite as you can get, except for the fact that they both love football. They, they love the game. The one and, common thing. Well, they, they, they do. But, I mean, it's one thing to play. It's another thing to love the game. And I really think that they do. But, you know, remember Jason Witten's background and how he yeah. grew up. Yeah. And he grew up in a, in, a, in, a fa- in, a, in a house where he had some de- domestic violence with his, with his dad. Um, and, and I'm not saying that Zeke is, you know, I'm not trying to right. put him in any, you know, uh, allegations toward him, but it's gotta be an interesting situation for Witten, but you know, they've had some talks there. And so for them to form a good relationship like that is impressive. The other thing I think is worth pointing out is, and we talked about this at training camp, at least if not many more times is like Witten is not that take you under my wing kind of guy. Like he'll show you the way by example, but, you know, he, he's not mentoring Gavin Escobar or Rico Gathers or Martellus Bennett. Like, that, he's not that. Like, wait, 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 wait. He's not going to bring tight ends. Well, now, well, running no, back, he's not going to take him off the field. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit different. Yeah, it is a little bit different. But still, like, Witten's interest in developing that relationship is really interesting to me. I mean, yeah, you, you want him to play well. But he's a 22-year-old running back who, you know, on top of the world, like what do they really have in common other than like their love for football? And I honestly think if I had to guess, I think it's Witten can tell how much Zeke loves the game and Witten can probably tell how great Zeke could be right. if he can just stay focused on being great at football. And, and I think, you know, from one guy, I mean, a guy that's going into the hall of fame to a guy that has that potential, I think he probably, I don't know. You, I don't think owes it to himself is like the right word, but he wants to do what he can to try to keep Zeke from screwing this up. Basically. It makes him uh, feel young. He did say that yeah, a few oh, times. That all that last he feels year. Yeah. rejuvenated around all these guys. You know, DeMarco Murray, same type of thing. Three or four years ago, he he looked at at Witten as well, and everything that Witten did when it comes to you know practice habits and yeah. putting your pads on and 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 what kind of gloves and cleats. I mean, he he looked at at him, and and he even talked about it at the Pro Bowl this last year when I I got to run into him. We was with, um, I say he was with the Chiefs because he was wearing this bright red. Right, it, it was the Titans. He's with the Titans, but it looked like he was playing for the Chiefs in that AFC uniform. But he basically was just saying how Jason Witten helped his whole career. But I would say, and I remember that, and I remember the year DeMarco won Offensive Player of the Year. He gave Witten a lot of credit. He worked out with him in the offseason. He kind of did what it, he did everything Witten did to get ready. I still don't remember Witten and DeMarco being as chummy as Witten and Zeke are. No, like, I don't think so. Like, Witten and Zeke have this really interesting, funny, like, big brother, little brother thing, whereas Witten and DeMarco, to me, were kind of like colleagues who respected each other. Like, you didn't get that... You didn't see him hugging on each other and doing little handshakes in the end zone. I don't remember that. So it's interesting. All right, real quick before we go to another break, uh, let's talk about some, some injury news uh, that we know of. Uh, Skandrick had surgery yes. yesterday. What are, we, what are we feeling about him? Uh, he was supposed to have it last night, I guess. I haven't talked to anybody since he had it, but uh, the feeling is that assuming all goes well, um, 
I don't get the feeling he'll be ready for Denver, but no, it doesn't seem as so maybe not Arizona, but at least you're thinking week three, week four, week five, like it's not something that's going to hold him out for too, too long. It's on speaking of him, it's very reminiscent of the DeMarco Murray uh, hand injury from 2014. I don't know if it's the exact same thing, but it's reminiscent of that played that I did play. Yes. DeMarco did play six days later. And as one of the writers pointed out to me, uh, he said, I think you could cast him up in place. Not like he's going to catch the ball anyways. Skandrick. I wasn't going to say that, but it's yeah. True. Uh, so um, it's not it's not supposed to be too long of a of a of a. I absence. can't talk today. Absence. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, he's not supposed to be out for too long. Um, Cheeto Awuzier dinged his ankle like on the last play of the game. Yeah. Jason Garrett said um, they they got an eye on him, but it doesn't seem he seems like he's okay. So, but. You know, if he pops up on the injury report tomorrow, don't be surprised. But I don't get the feeling that it's super serious. And Terrence Williams, he—I don't think that's going to be a situation where he's going to need anything more than just rest on it. Yeah, I mean, and, and he—he said if it comes to just playing with pain, forget it. Deal with it, man. In the end, like. That's such a good quote. I like. We should be allowed to say it and use it because it said, really forget it. But that's not what he said. It was something like that. I know, but it really <laughs> hammers home. It's such a great quote if you're able to use it unfiltered. Yep. Maybe maybe in about ten years, twenty years, we'll get to that point where yeah. it's just all yeah. Nah, I, I doubt it. All right, let's take our last break. We'll come back. Uh, Amber's got a game for us. Uh, I don't think she even knows about it, but she's going <laughs> to be able to work up a game here. And what if we go to break? To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the break. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Best underwear you're going to have or it's guaranteed. Best option you've got when you're going to, to, to get the pair. That's you look for that first. You, you look for the Tommy John on days when you like when it's a big day, like if it's a game day or if you got a big meeting or something like that. That's that's a Tommy John day. All right. Make sure and go to TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. All right. 
Amber, you had two minutes to come up with a game. Did you come up with a game? C or no? <laughs> We're not playing C or no today, but <laughs> let's just go ahead and answer some Twitter questions. All right, we can do that. A lot of people have concerns and qu and wondering about Jordan Lewis' situation. What's the update on that? Ah, actually, um, I think he's going to – they're expecting him to mix into practice tomorrow. So it's I'm not going to sit here on Tuesday and say he's going to play Sunday considering he's had maybe three NFL practices to his name. But I think they're going to try to get him ready. I think they feel good about him. So keep an eye on him, and maybe, just maybe, he will be ready to play against Denver. I would think Ben Wickery – Will also factor into this, right? You think he'll be active in this one? I mean, I would, <laughs> I would imagine he's a veteran. They brought him in. I would think. Right. See, I don't. But that's the thing. If they can get Jordan Lewis up and they feel good about what he can do, you only owe Cincinnati that draft pick if you put Ben Wickery on the forty-six. So, yeah, you technically traded for him, but if it's actually good for you, if he doesn't need to suit up, because then you can just. I mean, sorry, Ben A, but then you can cut him and you don't have to give up a draft pick. And that's one thing about him. He he will get signed, but he'll also get cut. Was he's been with what six teams? I think five. five. But yeah, or maybe this is his sixth. But yeah, I mean that's that's life in the NFL. And so it's in the Cowboys' best interest to get Jordan Lewis ready to play, which is why I think they will give that a good shot this week and see what they can do. Questions about Taco Charlton. We didn't really talk much about him in in regards to last game against the Giants. Thoughts for this upcoming games? Uh, do you think that against Denver, he will be his name will pop up a little more? He will be doing something worth I don't know talking about. I mean he 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 played some. He he didn't get in until was it second quarter? He didn't get in right away, but he did. He rotated pretty good toward the end of the game. He played a lot of right end, which I. I don't know if I think that's surprising. I think he he's better suited to be on on the left side at some point. I mean, I something's got to give from the inactive standpoint yeah. after this game, right? Um, Tapper made sure to 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 say, yeah. hey, you know, it's not going to be me, and now it still might be, you know, when Demontre Moore comes back. But it's not like Demontre Moore has to come in and play. I mean, he could be inactive. He doesn't have to come in and Would play. Would you choose Demontre Moore over Tapper? No, not, not, no, not over okay. Tapper. I, I just think, I mean, we like Demontre Moore, and he's done some good things, but usually in the preseason he's done some things in the, in the second, third quarter when he's playing up against some lower-tier tackles. I mean, I don't remember him just killing Tyron Smith and, and even Lyell that much. I reserve the right to be wrong, but I just he was way too impactful all through camp and the preseason to not even suit up once he's ready to go. Like I said, I think he went he from yeah. he went from like afterthought to we gotta get this guy back over the course of that month that we were in California. So uh, the fact that they signed him knowing that he yeah. was going to be suspended just tells you that they they had. A, I'd some be kind of I'd be stunned if they don't immediately have a role for him. And and that's the other thing. So he's allowed to be here at the facility, and David Irving's not, and he's taking advantage of it. Yeah. He's here working and and getting ready for when he can come back. So. And you know what? I mean, well, the Denver is it doesn't count for Denver, okay? But actually, Arizona would be another one because uh, they'll. I wonder if they'll play indoors. Probably be indoors, don't you think? Arizona, September, uh, Phoenix. I would imagine that the well. Yeah. My, my point is, is nine nine defensive linemen is not unheard of. I mean, you could you could play nine defensive linemen. Yeah, 
um, especially in a situation like, like Denver, you would have liked to do that when you're gonna you're gonna be grasping for air and right. You know, even though I've heard medical trainers say that it's not a thing, <laughs> mile the, the altitude really? is not a thing. It's just a mental thing. It's not a real thing. I don't buy that. I don't either. I've been to Colorado and I experienced that. And yeah. if it's all in your head, then that's a crazy. Cause it's in a lot of people's head. Yeah. Um, to the, to the taco point though. I mean, he, you, you watched it. He didn't, he didn't do a whole lot. I know he had one play. It was a Sterling shepherd. You know, it was kind of like that thing. The Cowboys used to do with lucky. I'm sure they'll do again where they did the action on the yeah. fly sweep. They didn't give it to him. Taco bit on the fly sweep fake. He probably could have gotten a sack if he would just gone at Eli instead, but he chased after Shepard and kind of let himself get knocked out of the play. I mean, it, no, it, I mean, TJ Watt had a pick and two sacks in his debut, so I know Taco's going to get not some favorable comparisons going forward here, but it, it is what it is. And I mean, I think we said that during training camp. He's He's not the instant impact defensive end. I don't think that was ever the expectation for him, but. Uh, as he gets, you know, if there's one thing I will say for him, it's that he's got he got better as the preseason went along. So regular season's a different animal from the preseason. So hopefully, with every game he gets into, he can get you know get a little bit better. But he looked like a rookie out there against the Giants for sure. Thoughts on Switzer's performance? We didn't get to see much of him yet, but do you guys think that he should be included a little more in the game in this upcoming game? Should the Cowboys put him? as a receiver on the field and although that's kind of tough because you see the well, how they, many receivers they got they did put him out there a little bit and uh you know with terrence was banged up some uh that he did go out there um th i think that they're gonna have some packages for him remember it was his first game he didn't play you know at all i thought it was right. it was interesting yeah. the kickoff i mean he takes the ball runs straight up the field and it's like you've never been hit in the nfl before not even in a preseason game mm -hmm. so you know welcome to the league i thought he did a nice job with those punt returns i mean just they weren't even returns just catch the ball i'm gonna say number one just go up there and catch it don't let it hit the ground don't be hesitant about shit can i get it can i feel it do i see it here it comes off the big board catch it and then from there don't we'll, do a lance lenore no i mean he, he i thought he or did, a lucky whitehead yeah he, he did good i mean most of the part most of the time on punt returns just catching the ball because you're not going to get a great return. Just don't give that field position where the ball bounces 10 more yards. And I feel like it's bad that that's our baseline expectation is catch the ball. Like, that just shows you what we've been watching. How bad it was yeah. before. Well, But, no, I thought he was good, too. Because think about where you, where you catch the punt most of the time. It's about your 20-yard line or so. So if you let it bounce, now you're talking, you know, the big difference. I, I know yesterday, uh, yesterday we talked about Chris Jones a little bit. And as great as Chris Jones was, punting the ball to the 10-yard line. Like, that's great. But the real story is the offense. The offense is getting the ball to the midfield. Now, it does sure. stall, but the punt at, mid, at the 50 but gives you an opportunity. Even, even one first down in a possession makes a world of difference. Right. I mean, if you go three and out from your 25, you're probably giving right. them the ball. And now he has to punt it differently. Yeah. You know, and so... I did talk to Chris after the game, and he said he, he'll he'll be out in Denver a little bit earlier than he normally is to see that air and just yeah. how you just because he says when I'm at midfield, the way I angle the ball, I, I hit it as hard as I can, and it's only going to go about 40, 41 yards. He's like, I'll be anxious to see if it goes fifty yards or whatever. Right. So you have to gauge that mile high. 
what would be the most concerning position for going against the, the Broncos. Denver Broncos? Uh, the position that's in front of Von Miller. Yeah. I would say right tackle. I mean, I mean, yes. Let's see. Do I want to go against Tyron? Do I want to go against Lyell? He's he's had three times as many Pro Bowls as this guy's had starts. I'm gonna go after him. Honestly, and no disrespect. I mean, Von, I think Von Miller will be a heck of a challenge for Tyron too yeah. if he lines up over there. Yeah. I mean, and I think the world of Tyron, but that is a hell. I mean, they literally Rex Ryan, who has coached in the NFL for years and years, Von Miller got off the ball so quick he was he's like that's all, it's got to be offside, and there was no flag. He's just like, wow, that was like the best jump I've ever seen. I mean, yeah. he was in the backfield. It, what I wonder more than anything is is how they affect the passing game the the tight end do, do we see more tight ends do you see more hannah who by the way played for the first time in a year yeah kind of went unnoticed we yeah. didn't really talk much about him that's kind of the way i think he likes it but you know hannah swain do you stay on the right side and help lyell are we going to see more packages where they have to kind of you know dictate or what they do based off of the fact of where's von miller and we said they struggled against the run last year. That's, I mean, set up the run so you don't have to rely on Dak being in the pocket. Exactly. That, and a lot of times the teams that have the great pass rushers, they will give up the run because the, the guy is trying to scream off the edge, and right. next thing you know, you just get gashed. So I, it, it'll be a cat-and-mouse game to see what they do there. I mean, the Cowboys will win some, but if they get in some third and long situations – uh, you'll be they'll be looking at Lyell versus him. I guarantee you that will be a matchup that we talk about this week. Whether Brian breaks it down or we write a story about it, it will be a matchup on how they had to stop Von Miller. Yep. A little opposite from that last question. What guy are you guys most excited for to see this weekend? Cowboys player. McFadden. Um, huh. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if. He'll play, and that's really not a big deal. Like I'm just kind of making an issue out of the backup running back. Doesn't matter. Um, it's um, a good, good question. Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith. That's a good one. He balled out. He, I mean, he surpassed. Right. He surpassed even the, the highest expectations you could have had for him. I mean, he forced a fumble. He had eight tackles. He was on the field for 36 out of 53 snaps. Now the fun part of the NFL is you got to do it again. Right. In six days' time. You got to, I mean, I'm sure he's feeling it today, you know, yesterday and today. Got to practice this week. Got to make sure everything's right and go do it again. That's life in the NFL. So, you know what I love? No, sorry. Jerry Jones said this morning that he, I mean, he he thinks he can handle that workload again against the Broncos. It's not like this is a one off. So, I just love that up to this point, now we're seeing him. We're not really talking much about his injury. I guess we'll see this weekend how. He dealt with after the game during this whole week and everything. But it's exciting that that's not really the main topic right now. It's not necessarily his injury. It's more his performance. And based on what I've seen so far, even at practice and just watching tape with Brian, a lot of the times he is out there, you know, in position, but it takes him a while to kind of figure out where he should go, you know, kind of – his instinct. He needs to work in his instincts. But this weekend against the Giants, I really noticed and liked everything that I saw from him, that he was more in sync with Sean Lee. If you watch practice, you see Sean Lee, and you can't really compare the two because Sean Lee, obviously, veteran guy. But when you watch Sean Lee, he just takes off. He knows where to go. Now, Jalen Smith, it takes him a while. But you, 
you're starting to see him now be more in sync with him. I I agree with you. The I think he's got the instincts. He just needs to trust them. Because I watched the tape back yeah. with Brian, and you'll see these snaps where like he moves toward the hole or he moves toward the ball carrier, and he just kind of stutters and hesitates, like he's not sure that's what he's supposed to be doing. Confidence, yeah. Yeah, just have confidence that that you're right in what you see, and I think it'll look even better than it already does. My answer to that question would be Des. Uh, this reminds me of the Week One game from last year where he didn't get he got a lot of opportunities didn't make a lot of catches and and then we kind of see how he bounced back the next week uh he'll have another good matchup uh this week in denver we had two good corners with uh chris harris right and talib keep talib and then i mean not that dez is a big slot guy but throw in roby's still there i think i mean their secondary is no joke so they 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 definitely have uh a, a great defense and and it's hard to play up there, like we talked about with the noise. But uh, you know, I think Des will be trying to, to you know, make sure he he has a, a good game. He doesn't want two catches. You know, I mean, he, right. he he'll. But they have to figure out ways to get him involved without forcing it. That's my issue: is don't force the ball to him if it's not there. But but figure out some high percentage throws to get it to him. Any Next. more questions? Yes. Do you guys expect Dak's performance to be better this game? Not, not necessarily. I, I mean, you're yeah. at home against the Giants, a team that a team that you're familiar with. Now you're going up against a team that you're not as familiar with, and one of the toughest places to play against the probably a better defense. Um, it's hard. To, it's hard to say that it'll be better. I first of all, and I, whatever. If I sound like a homer, I don't care. I, he was. I thought he was fine on yeah. Sunday night. He missed Dez on a slant that could have been a touchdown. Everything else I thought looked pretty damn good considering the opponent in question. Um, so to go on the for me to say he's going to go on the road and play an equally talented, if not better, defense and do substantially better, I don't know if that's realistic. And yeah. and I mean that's for any court. I mean Drew Brees is probably going to the Hall of Fame, and the Vikings made him look worse than Dak did last. I mean he looked he didn't have anywhere to put the ball last night. So. Uh, these, I mean, there are a few defenses in the league who can take away dynamic quarterback play, and I kind of think the Broncos are one of them. So, I think he can play as well, or, or maybe he can play better. But I don't, I don't think he needs to play a lot better. I guess is the point I'm trying to make. Let's make sure. Can't we don't have a any caller on the line, right? Lines are open. Lines are open. Okay, we got just a few more minutes, so you can call quickly. Did you have another question, Amber? Let's do the uh, last one right here. Do you guys think that in case? Orlando Skandrick isn't able to play, would that affect the Cowboys? Yeah, I mean, having him on yeah, you're going to have a rookie that has to play a lot more, maybe two, in uh, Cheeto and and, uh, and Jordan Lewis, who's never done anything in a game for preseason either. So, uh, But the good thing about Jordan Lewis is that before he got hurt and had some the the, the, the court trial and all that, but before that, he was playing pretty well in in the off season OTAs and mini camp. You yeah. could you could really see his coverage skills there. So um, I think he'll be fine and gets up to speed a little bit. I think he'll be fine in the long run. But it sounds so daunting to be like, "Hey, Jordan, welcome to the NFL. This is Emmanuel Sanders. You have to. Right. You're going to be against him for the rest of today. Good luck." Yeah. Another interesting note there. I guess I'm talking about my trip to the Pro Bowl, but I did got to, I got to talk to Emmanuel Sanders at the Pro Bowl as well. Two guys from SMU that were teammates on a team that was winning seven or eight games, you know, and, and they were throwing the ball around with June Jones and that, that offense. 
to think that they're both in the league, Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders, two guys that played on, on SMU, now playing you know, prominent roles on their team. That's kind of an interesting uh, dynamic as they get there. But he, he talked about how Cole was just just the most – you know, he he would run routes all day long. Like uh, that's all he would do. He just never seemed to get tired. And so, Emmanuel Sanders had a pretty good has had a pretty good career as well. Pretty fun, not stat, but Cole. It was just if a moment where last week before the telethon for the preseason finale or two weeks ago, Cole told reporters he's like, my goal every year. He's like, I don't set yardage goals or catch goals or whatever. But my goal going into every season is to catch every single ball that gets thrown in my direction. No excuses, whatever. So the fact that in the first game he caught that ball that he pinned to his shoulder plate was pretty funny. Real quick, before we, we end this, let's go to Andy in Oxnard. Oxnard. Andy, are you there? Andy, you with us? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you guys. Hey. Hey there. Um, big fan of the show. Offered Dave uh, some Papa John's when you guys were out here in Oxnard. I just didn't know how to get it to you guys. Um, But real quick, my question. Darn. um, Well, my simple question is just who showed out this weekend that you guys weren't exactly expecting to? Um. I mean, cop out. Sorry, we already talked about him, but 54, Jalen Smith. I mean, damn. 30, yeah. 36 snaps. I think. Chaz Green. I mean, I thought, yeah, you know, because I mean, he didn't really, he didn't heard his name at all, which is a good thing with when, when you're talking about the offensive line. Dapper. And Dapper. Hey, Dapper. Good one. That's an easy I'm, one right I mean, there. Charles, I apologize for anything even slightly negative I might have said because he looked pretty good. Yeah. Um, we dogged. We dogged Byron and Jeff Heath for their, I mean, the second and third preseason game. I thought, or most people, or the third and fourth, I'm sorry. Most people would agree they probably could have looked a little better. I don't know if they looked like world beaters, but the Giants threw for 160 yards. So, yeah, I'll give them that. All right. Well, that will wrap up the show. I thought uh, Derek said he was going to come in a little bit late. I guess he just... He decided he, he's a quitter. It's all right. We'll, we'll get used to that. I think he's going to be out tomorrow as well. All right. Thanks, Kent, for those drops. And Amber, Dave, I'm Nick Eaton. We'll see you next time on The Break. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?